You are about to enter the world of humble hauntings. But first, a message from our friends at Straight Up Enigmas. Ted Bundy murdered my dad's friend's sister in 1974 while on his reign of terror in Utah. At least, Bundy admitted to killing her just before his execution but police were never able to locate her body. That's the topic of just one episode on Straight Up Enigmas, a podcast to explore the unexplained. We discuss the mysterious deaths of the Jameson family, share terrifying true stories from real people about sleep paralysis, and explore Cleopatra's missing tomb. I'm Jaden McKell, and I'm the host of Straight Up Enigmas, Our bite-sized, bi-weekly episodes focus on the world's strangest mysteries. Sacred and sonic geometry, the murder of Karen Silkwood, Turkmenistan's door to hell, the curse of the omen, and much more. Listen and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you find podcasts. And now, for today's story. Hello? Hello? Who goes there? I said who goes there? Oh. Hello? Right. Sorry. Let me take a form more comfortable to you. Sorry about that. I forget how easily you humans spook. Tell me, how did you find this place? You don't know what this place is? You can't be serious. No one finds this place on accident. Least of all your kind. Humans aren't as terribly clever as they like to think. No offense. You're serious. I don't understand. You really don't know where you are? This is the house of the arcane. Well, it's nowhere and everywhere, all at the same time, of course. It's the center of everything and nothing at all. Well, of course it makes sense. It's humans that don't make sense. And what is that? Friend of yours? Let me take a peek. Nope, definitely not a friend. I've never seen anything like it. And that is saying something. What is it? You don't know. Well, why is it following you then? You don't know that either. Well, tell me who you are at least. You don't know who you are. Of course you don't. Well, we are in for a long night. Follow me. 
No, it can't get in. For now. But we will need to find a way to get rid of it. Just follow me and... <sighs> don't touch anything. We're headed through that door there. No, not that door. Unless you're in the mood to tackle unfathomable cosmic horrors. This door. Over here. This is a very special place. A place only a handful of your kind have ever seen. Welcome to the Esoteric Library. Well, of course we need a weapon. That's why we're in the library. Knowledge is the best weapon of all. One of these books will give us the answers we need. We'll have to determine what it is. And from there, the books will help us stop it. This place has every book on paranormal and fantastical beings and places in the universe. If we want answers, then this is the place we're going to find them. Who am I? Well, that's an interesting question. I'm a bit of a supernatural connoisseur myself. A seeker of the unknown and an unknown being in my own right. A creature of the shadows who walks through countless dimensions. On Earth, they refer to me as the part-time shadow person, full-time supernatural seeker. What, you don't like it? Huh. Well, I thought it was catchy. You wouldn't be able to pronounce my real name, of course. Not without breaking a few bones. Oh no, I'm quite serious. But, down where your people come from, they call me MJ McAdams. Or MJ, for short. You're welcome to call me either one. Now, let's see. So if I have to take a guess, I would say you're cursed. Aha, here we go. Cursed, hexed, jinxed. This is just the book we need. Have a seat now. This could take all night. <clears throat> Alright then. Let's begin. The definition of a curse is a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. Curses, like many myths and superstitions, can be found throughout the course of human history and in every culture that is and was. It is a powerful belief, and it is one of the darkest aspects of the supernatural world. In their weakest forms, they cause misfortune or inconvenience. But at their most powerful, curses kill. Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire burn and cauldron bubble. Fillet of a fenny snake in the cauldron boil and bake. Eye of newt and toe of frog. Wool of bat and tongue of dog. Adder's fork and blind worm's sting, lizard's leg and howlet's wing, for a charm of powerful trouble, like a hell broth boil and bubble. Double, double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Cool it with a baboon's blood, then the charm is firm and good. When writing the famous, or rather infamous, play Macbeth, it is said that Shakespeare made sure to study witches in depth when he created the characters known as the Weird Sisters, or the Wayward Sisters. A twisted reimagining of the three fates of Greek mythology, the Moirai, the Weird Sisters reflected the beliefs of witchcraft and the supernatural of that time. 
They were sinister, unsavory characters that eventually led Macbeth to his doom. Planting the seed of evil in his mind that would drive him to insanity and guide him down his path of self-destruction. The ingredients Shakespeare included in his play, such as the Eye of Newt and Toe of Frog, were said to come from an actual spell. This was the play's first problem. Legend goes, a coven of witches became infuriated that Shakespeare was using real spells in his play, and so they cursed it. The first performance, said to be somewhere around 1606, was riddled with death and disaster. The actor playing Lady Macbeth died unexpectedly that very evening, so Shakespeare himself was left with no other option than to play the part himself. It was also said that the prop weapons were replaced with real ones, including a dagger that led to the death of the actor portraying King Duncan. The play has led to a handful of deaths and countless injuries, Accidents seem to occur in most of the productions of the play, including actors falling off the stage or nearly being crushed to death by rogue stage weights. In the world of theater, it is considered bad luck to say Macbeth. The play's name itself is a curse when uttered in a theater, especially before a performance. But fear not, if you do make the mistake of uttering the forbidden word, there is a solution. Just exit the theater, Spin around three times, spit, then curse aloud and knock on the exit door before going back in. There, problem solved. Easy enough, right? But not all curses are so simple, and sometimes the death they bring is unavoidable. Let's take the mummy's curse, for example, or more specifically, the curse of Tutankhamun. Death shall come on swift wings to whom disturbs the peace of the king. This inscription was found on a stone slab that guarded the tomb of Tutankhamun, the boy pharaoh. King Tut died at the age of just 19, but was one of the most famous ancient Egyptian pharaohs in history. It was believed that his tomb was guarded by a curse so that he would not be disturbed in death. But the ominous warning written in stone didn't deter Egyptologists Lord Carnivan and Howard Carter from opening the tomb for all the world to see in 1922. If only they had listened. If only they had let Tutankhamun rest in peace. A South African millionaire by the name of Wolf Joel was found murdered only months after he visited the tomb. A.C. Mace a member of the archaeological team was killed by arsenic poisoning not long after. Carter's secretary was discovered smothered to death in his own bed in 1929. The financer George J. Gould I died of fever only six months after his visit. And Lord Carnivan died from an infected mosquito bite in Egypt. Only four months later, and back in England, his own beloved dog, Susie, let out a yelp and fell over dead. Curses kill. Yes, this is true. But there are some curses that linger long after we are gone. Curses that bind us to the physical world until the end of time. Curses 
that compel us to follow others and become a curse ourselves. Such is the fate of the man that came to be known as El Silbon. Also known as the man who whistles, or simply the whistler, El Silbon is a legendary figure whose tale is told all over Latin America. There are a few different versions of the tale, but the most popular version of the story goes something like this. There once was a young man who lived with his beautiful wife in the Venezuelan plains. They were poor, but happy together. Their happiness, however, was short-lived. The young man's father was a cruel and heartless individual. He hated his son's wife. He hated that they were married, and he hated his son for marrying her. His father thought his wife was promiscuous and an unfaithful woman, a common harlot who had no place in his family. So one day, when the young man was out working, the father paid his daughter-in-law a visit. He wanted to get rid of her once and for all, and he did. When the young man arrived home, he was horrified and heartbroken to find that his wife had been murdered. But his sadness quickly turned to rage as he faced his father, who proudly exclaimed that he had done the deed. That's when he lost it. Without another thought, the young man took a knife and stabbed his father in the stomach until he fell over dead. But the story does not end here. When the young man's grandfather found out what he had done, he took it upon himself to punish his grandson. Despite his wife's unjust murder, the grandfather tied the young man to a tree and whipped him until his back was a mere mound of bloody, destroyed flesh. Then he took boiling water mixed with chili powder and poured it over the wounds. Finally, he gave him a sack filled with the bones of his father, cursing the young man to carry them across the land for all eternity, before setting two rabid and hungry dogs after him to finish the job. He did his best to run, but he was too weak, and soon the dogs were on top of him, ripping what flesh remained into pieces. Yes, the young man was killed, and yet, he would never rest. The curse his grandfather had put on him came true. The young man was revived, in a sense, now more ghoul or specter than man. Now it is said he wanders the earth for eternity, never resting only stopping his journey to take cover when it rains. When it is an especially stormy night, El Silbon will visit the houses of the living, sit under the cover of their porches, and take down his bag to count out the bones of his father and other victims. If someone in the house hears the clacking of bones while he's counting them, nothing will happen. After the storm, he will return the bones to his sack and be on his way. 
But if no one hears the clacking of bones during his visit, the following morning, someone in the house will never wake again. There are a few ways to save yourself if you come across El Silbon. Having a dog with you or imitating the bark of a dog can scare him away. The snap of a whip or presenting him with a chili pepper will also save you from his wrath. He preys mostly on drunks and womanizers, killing them and throwing them into the sack that bears his father's remains. There is one thing to remember about El Silbon. One very eerie, but important rule. He is called the Whistler for a reason. He whistles to announce his presence. It's the kind of sound that gives you goosebumps and sends chills down your spine. But here's the thing. If you hear his whistle close by, it means he is far away. But... If you hear the whistle from far away, he is right behind you. Hello, MJ McAdams here. Today's tales will continue after a brief message from our sponsors. So stick around. More haunts are waiting for you just around the corner. The Thirsk Museum in England is home to a very peculiar and very deadly object. At first, the Busby Stoop doesn't seem to be more than a regular old chair. An antique for sure, but nothing out of the ordinary. Well, don't judge a book by its cover. There's a reason the chair is mounted on the wall instead of simply resting on the ground. The chair, belonging to a Thomas Busby, is cursed and it is a curse that has claimed the lives of those who have rested upon it since the 18th century. It began in 1702 in North Yorkshire, when to much of the town's surprise, Thomas Busby, also known as the town drunk, wooed and married the beautiful and desired Elizabeth Audie. No one was more surprised, however, than Elizabeth's father, who opposed the marriage from the start. He believed that his daughter could, and should, do better than a lowly drunkard. So one day, Busby came home to find his father-in-law waiting for him in Busby's favorite chair. He informed Busby that he was here to take Elizabeth home, and there was nothing Busby could do about it. So naturally, he bludgeoned his father-in-law to death with a hammer, then proceeded to hide the body. You know, like any reasonable person would do. To no one's surprise, Busby's crime was discovered. He was apprehended by the police and executed soon after. But as he was led away to his death, Busby shouted out that anyone who sat in his beloved chair would die. Busby's soul left the mortal world that day, but his curse would live on forever. Over the next 300 years, that chair would claim the lives of countless individuals. After Busby's passing, the inn where he and his wife worked and lived 
came to be known as the Busby Stoop Inn. Inside sat Busby's chair just as he had left it, and many who visited the inn decided to tempt fate and sit upon the infamous chair for which they paid the ultimate price. When a man named Tony Earnshaw took over the inn in 1968, he dismissed the curse of Busby's stoop as nonsense. He believed that the deaths supposedly caused by the curse were all coincidental. So, he left the chair where it always sat in the inn. Tony Earnshaw would later come to regret this. The first deaths that occurred once Earnshaw took over were those of two airmen. Earnshaw had overheard both men daring each other to sit in the chair, and both accepted the challenge. They died in a car crash, only hours after leaving the inn. On another occasion, a group of builders had stopped at the inn for lunch. This time, it was a young man who was dared to sit upon the cursed Busby Stoop. Being either very brave or very foolish, the young man complied. That very afternoon, while working the remainder of his shift, the young man fell from his ladder, landing hard and fast on the concrete floor below. He cracked open his skull upon impact and died instantly. Tony Earnshaw didn't think the Busby curse was just a silly superstition any longer. He pleaded with the Thirsk Museum to take the chair off his hands under the agreement that they would never let anyone sit in it. For over 40 years, the chair has hung from the wall in the museum so that no one will fall victim to Busby's curse ever again. Hmm, this is odd. I can't find anything in here about your particular curse. You certainly smell cursed, though. Well, of course cursed has a smell. You humans are an odd bunch, aren't you? Well, we won't give up just yet. We've only just begun. Let's just keep searching through these books for now. And if any part of your memory comes back to you, just let me know. Any bit of information counts. Wait. Listen. Yes, it's gone. For now. But don't get excited just yet. Whatever that thing is, it'll be back for you. Until we can get rid of it and assure your safety, you may stay here as a guest of Arcane. Now, let's get back to work. Just watch out for the... Cat. Sorry, Barnaby. There's a few of those around here, including Barnaby, who you just stepped on. They like to get underfoot, so just mind where you step. Here's some more books on curses. You take this pile, and I'll take this one. Let's get to work. I have a feeling your friend will be back soon. for joining us today at Humble Hauntings. If you enjoyed today's tale, then feel free to leave a review and subscribe to our show. Don't forget to share with friends and family as well, because after all, when it comes to exploring the unknown, the more, the scarier. And remember, my spookables, home is where the haunt is.